welcome back to the Micro Advice Podcast. Today, our spotlight is on Wax Print Media. Based in Accra, Ghana, Wax Print is a boutique strategic media and digital marketing agency with a focus on technology, innovation, and luxury brands in Africa. To learn more about what Wax Print is doing for the African markets, we're here with founder and director of strategy, Muhammida El Muhajir. Muhammida, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today. James, thanks for having me. I'm excited to, you know, kind of talk about what we're doing here with Waxprint Media. Absolutely. And your story is incredibly fascinating. So I know that you're a digital marketer, media consultant, entrepreneur, filmmaker, host of the Soul Chronicles podcast. And from what I found about you, you've worked in almost everywhere around the world, Europe, Asia, the United States, the Caribbean, and now Africa. Also, I saw that you serve some of the biggest brands in the world, like Land Rover, Audi, Remy Martin, as, as your clients through Wax Print Media. So, you know, let's get started with how did you come up with this concept and what's the need that you're aiming to solve in the market? Well, before I actually launched Wax Print Media, um, I had a pretty extensive background that was in marketing, brand marketing before I, you know, kind of added the digital piece to it. Um, and then, um, so I had already worked with a lot of brands and I came to Ghana to do a fellowship working with tech startups. And at that time, I really wanted to see how my marketing and communication skills were going to apply to the technology industry. And what I learned was that everybody needs the same thing. Like marketing is marketing, communications is communicating. People need the same thing, whether it's a tiny startup or it's a huge, massive multinational brand. So that was one thing. And after I finished working um, at the incubator with the startups, um, I actually started working at a digital agency. Um, and so that's when I really kind of, you know, added the digital um, aspect to my, my toolbox. And it was such a good time just because really, if you, if you don't um, have digital in marketing, there's nothing that you can be, you know, there's not a lot that you can do right now if, when digital is not a part of, of your marketing. So I spent like about a year working at the agency and I realized with my other skills, with my business development skills, client relations that I could just be doing, I am the agency, you know, sort of thing. So I just kind of left there and started really, you know, just brick by brick building, um, this agency over the past three years to, to where we are today. That's an incredible story. And it sounds like a nonlinear journey, but you got to where you are <laughs> eventually through some, some challenges and successes. So one of the things that came up last time we spoke, you recently, you started in Accra about three or so years ago. I would imagine that the landscape is different than other places you've worked, particularly New York City, where you left. So what are some of the challenges and basically uh, maybe easier things that are easy, uh, that are different in Accra versus the U.S. or other, other markets? Yeah. Well, I've lived in Ghana now for the past six and a half years. And um, I think something that's really important before you kind of start a business in a new place is really understanding 
um, the landscape, understanding the players. You know, you got to spend some time understanding those things before you can just jump right in. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot more failures than are necessary. Um, so, you know, I, I before I started this particular company, I spent some time just kind of studying. You know, I think that it was something that was very, very important for me to do. Um, and then just started to look at where was their real need. You know, when I was working at the other agency before I started Blackfoot Media, um, I saw that it was kind of hard convincing a lot of the local companies um, that they needed digital. Right. And I'm like, no, those are not the companies I need to be working with. I mean, I can't I rather spend my energy on developing your strategy and executing it than convincing you in this modern time that you need digital marketing. Right. If you don't know that, I'm scared for you. It, <laughs> that's another problem. Yeah, <laughs> that's another problem. So um, that being said, I began to kind of work with a lot of the big international brands that are operating in in Ghana and in West Africa, who they already have like a mandate throughout their companies that digital is a line item, right? Those are the companies I need to talk to who have marketing line items and a digital marketing line item. They already understand it. They get it. They just, how much money do we need? And what can you do with that amount? Can you execute or can you give us success? Can you give us returns? Let's go, right? So once, you know, I just started to realize those are the type of companies, you know, and that's when I started working with the Land Rovers and Jaguars, Remy Martin, Pernodi Park, um, KLM, Air France, those kinds of brands, because they they know from globally, um, this is what needs to be done. They just need to find a local player who can make it happen. And so I turned out to be the local player who could help make it happen, who understood, you know, international standards of the way things need to be, where the reporting needs to be, where communication, I mean, I worked at, you know, at a corporation before, so I understand the way the communication needs to be, um, be had, you know, there needs to be constant communication, you need to return emails and phone calls, you know, really, you know, it's urgent matter. Um, so those are some things that are different than, let's say, how things normally operate in Accra and probably many cities and countries in in Africa, where things are just on a different different timetable, I would say, you know, people can respond maybe when they want to, or, you know, maybe they don't check emails for two or three days, you know, things like this, that an uh, international company is not going to be used to that, and that's not going to be acceptable. So um, I guess those are some of the differences and, you know, challenges all mushed together. Um, but, but yeah, so those are some of the things that really kind of, um, allow me to create a niche, um, but show some of the challenges just in the market. I mean, just even in business, I mean, um, people could take a while to get back to you or, you know, or want to see you in person a lot to, you know, just things like that, that in New York, nobody ever needs to see you. Like, can you do the work? Send me an email, sign the check, it's done. Yeah, that's incredible. I had spent some time in Europe myself a few years back and found this similar thing that it's not necessarily better or worse. It's just different. And the faster you understand those differences when working with international companies, the better off you'll be in, in navigating those, uh, the day-to-day -day life. So when you first started 
have you had any challenges building momentum or finding customers initially? And then if so, what did you do to build your brand and attract more and more clients? So, I mean, as I said, I mean, I just started literally like, you know, one or two clients. Some I had met at the other agency and they wanted to continue working with me. So that was really positive. And so I could start the brand, start the company working with, you know, some people that I already had relationships with. So I think I maybe had one or two clients that came over with me. And we also do PR. So I do digital marketing and we do PR. So some companies, I only do PR, some I do both and some it's just digital. Um, And then from there, what I realized is it's really important for a new company to kind of have some legitimacy and some big brand names are important, right? You know, so I, I knew that that was going to be key for me. Um, and so I kind of set out to get a couple of um, well-known brands under my belt. And I found that once I was able to do that, even if it, and I'll say this, sometimes it might not be for some exorbitant amount of money or whatever it is, you just get in. Like for me to be able to say, when people ask me who's my clients and I can say Jaguar and Land Rover, they're like, what? They don't know that maybe I might be getting like, who knows what rate, right. you know. But you got to put the logo on. <laughs> got to put the logo on, right? So that built some instant legitimacy for the agency. It was invaluable. Um, so that was really my approach at the beginning. Just have some really solid clients, service them like crazy, you know, and then build a reputation like that. So that's kind of like how I started it from the beginning. That's great. I, I, I love hearing these little tangible stories. And from a, from a founder hearing that it's okay to maybe take a little bit less money up front just to build that brand. And then you get more and more and more as you grow. What have you done to differentiate wax print and offer a superior customer experience to some of these brands. I would imagine that the names you mentioned, Jaguar, KLM, uh, Land Rover, don't just work with anyone and they expect the best. How have you done that? Well, like I said, I mean, I had a pretty extensive background already working in marketing, working, you know, I worked for for Nike for four years um, in marketing. And from there I did consulting for other brands, um, Diesel and K-Swiss, PepsiCo. So I had experience working at that level. And what you find in these markets is there are not a lot of people here who have that sort of experience. There are some, you know, but there are not a lot. So that already gave me an uh, an upper hand, just kind of like having that kind of experience that a lot of people don't have. You won't find somebody with that kind of corporate level experience just landing in Accra or Lagos or something like that, unless their company brings them, right? You know, maybe they're working for Deloitte or I don't know, some big brand like that, Price Waterhouse or Shell or something, and they, they are brought here. But there's not a lot of people like a me who just kind of have that kind of big brand experience who just land here. Um, so that kind of definitely set me apart. So I understood, you know, what their needs are. And I think another thing that really set me apart is that I, because I am a foreigner and, you know, most of these companies are, you know, foreign owned or managed, 
I'm in some of their, or even if they're not, even if they're local Ghanaian companies at that level, I'm in some of the same social circles as them. And I think this is something really key for business development. Um, I have some clients now and I see they have like salespeople, maybe even at say like the uh, Jaguar dealership. And I'm like, I don't see your salespeople at any events that I'm at. Those were their target customers are there. How are they not there, right? So I'm in the same social circles as most of my potential clients. So they see me out, they see me at dinners, they see me at drinks, they see me at the same event. So they're like, oh, okay, she's like us. She, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like, it's a no brainer. So I think that's something else that has given me an advantage as well. Yeah, I agree. I found that that's half the challenge is just breaking in to that social circle and being seen or viewed as a peer in, in some of these areas. And even, you know, brokering the introductions, I feel like that could be a fantastic way to, to get your, yourself into new clientele. Muhammad, so I understand that you organize some of the large marketing events for these organizations. How do you do that? with near perfect execution and surpass expectations, you know, from getting high profile venues or attendees. What are some of the tips and, and things that you found to be successful in, in pulling this off flawlessly? You know, when you do a lot of events, you can foresee the issues, you know, just in your mind, vision, you're, you're walking through the event, you're like, okay, this is what, how it's, you know, how is it going to be upon entrance? Oh, wait, there's rocks there. Ladies with heels are going to have, like, you know, you're literally like walking through every aspect of the event um, before anyone else sees it, you know? So it's just so many details that you can see visually um, and that allows you to plan ahead and, you know, prepare for anything that, you know, could be a, a mishap. So um, I would just say that, I mean, one thing we didn't go far, far back, but um, I was a science major at school, so at university, so I have a degree in microbiology. And even though I don't do anything else with science, um, it, it, I feel like it has given me like this way of thinking and approaching in a, things in a very scientific way, you know, um, details and things have to be aligned. So I feel like that has even like helped me in my marketing career. And um, it's just the way that I approach it. I can see it. I can, you know, move it around elements, you know, visually before they, they even happen. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. I, I love that precision <laughs> that you probably have carried over from your microbiology background and education to marketing and really seeing through, seeing around walls, if you will and what can happen and then planning. I love the planning aspect. I'm always thumping the table on more planning and that drives an easier execution. Muhammad, last question for today. What are some actionable tips that you would offer to those startups maybe seeking operations or finding customers outside of their home country based on your experience? Um, well, one thing that I realized, um, you know, I work, um, as I mentioned, um, at an incubator with tech startups, and I mentor a number of entrepreneurs, um, even even now. And um, I don't think that entrepreneurs, I mean, I know we understand how important customers are, but not to the extent that, you know, that you really are. Like, like your customers are your goals. 
Um, you know, and you hear like, you know, um, most entrepreneurs, you know, they're always looking for new business and, you know, um, so much to the, to, to the extent that I don't think that they take care of the customers they have um, in the way that they should be. Um, because what I find is my customers bring me so much work, more work than any, you know, Google ads or social ads or PR or anything. It's when I take care of my clients, the way they bring me business. So that would be like my number one, two, three, four, five tips. I mean, treat your customers like they are golden, right? I mean, however much money they are spending, paying, whatever it is, I mean, just treat them like, I don't even know how else to say that. Like, you know, um, so that's one thing. Um, the, the second thing is when you're thinking about sales, and I'm going to use that term because it could be um, a business development across the board. This is something that's really key. You know, how can I communicate and stay in communication with this prospect when I'm not selling? Right. So I look at so many different ways, like over the holidays, I worked on a theatrical production. We did their digital marketing and I was like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity. Let me just send out a, a message to all my clients. Hey, do you guys want some passes to this play? Like, I don't think anybody took me up on that. But still, like mentally, they were like, oh, that was great. She offered us tickets to a Christmas play. That's a brilliant um, idea. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> so great. I feel like that is key. Touch them as many times as you can when you're not selling. Mm -hmm. um, and then they'll be so much more open to the sell or the pitch, you know, because you're not, they don't see you anymore as just this salesperson, even though they know that's what you really are. So I just feel like that's another one that's just so key. Um, in, in terms of business development. Um, and then in terms of looking outside of the, your home country, I really love LinkedIn. I'm just such a huge <laughs> fan and, uh, you know, just of the amount of connections um, that can be made, outreach, all of that um, on LinkedIn. So I think it's an excellent platform and tool for, you know, just kind of doing some of this outreach and making an international connection. Wow. That is sheer gold advice. I love it. <laughs> the, the first point about treating your customers like gold is music to my ears. And that's exactly the type of behavior I'm trying to instill through these podcasts and, and sharing that information with other, other founders. Yeah. Muhammad, thank you so very much for taking the time to be here today. This was fantastic advice you shared with oh. us. Good, good. I hopefully, yeah, hopefully it'll be helpful to someone, um, some founder, some entrepreneur, or some, you know, uh, marketing or business development person. Absolutely. I, I'm certain that it will be. And thank you all for listening. If you want to connect with Muhammad or myself, I'll add our contact information in the box below. If you enjoyed this video, please like it, share it, drop a comment, ask a question, and be sure to follow us on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. Thanks again. Have a great week. We'll see you right back here. Same place, same time next week. Bye now.